Hello everybody, my name is Andrew, and you are listening to something we like to call episodic memory sitting across from me. That's right, it's the Viceroy of the Versus Network, Mark Gonzalez. Mark, how you doing? Good, I like that one. That was a funny one. It's good. Yeah. yeah it's big laugh. Big laugh. Big, big smog. How are you? Doing How's great. Doing great. What have you been up to? You've been in Vegas the past couple weeks. I was in Vegas for seven days. Vegas, as I like to call it. Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah, it was something else. I think the previous record that I held was four days in Vegas, three nights. Sure. I was there for seven nights this time. Getting up to all sorts of carousing. No. Going to going to the Pussycat Lounge. Is that a place? Probably. Okay. Uh, going going down to Shotgunners. Shotgunners? Yeah. With you a know, Z? Yeah. E umlauts. Yeah. Shotgunners. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Shotgunners. Uh, it, it was it was opened by, a, I'll say right now, it was opened by a man that was not from this country. But, okay. you know, that's part of the American spirit, Mark. Yeah. You can, Come here, make your own life. You can set out to have a... A strip club slash line dancing place that mainly... That's also a shooting range yes, in the back? Yes, yes, we all... And, but you get just loaded as well and just fire guns. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. The Amer- that's the American dream. Las Vegas, how was it? How was seven days in Vegas? Exhausting. I bet. At a certain point, the guy I was there with said, how many days do you think we've been here? And I like really thought about it and I was like, Five days, right? Years. Years. It was like, this is our fifth day. This is our fifth day. And he's like, looking at your hands. Oh, oh my so God. Old. No, he said, we've been here for five days. And he's like, we've been here for three. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. So the time dilation was very strange by the end of it. I, by the end of it, like, the show shuts down at two o'clock. You know, for those, NAB. Who, the, for those of you who don't know, Mark went to the National Association of Broadcasters trade show that That's happens correct. every year in Las Vegas. It's a big to-do in the world of television broadcast production. There's always new equipment. There's always new toys. Um, and a big trade show. at the. It's at the Las, Las Vegas uh, Convention, Convention Center. Center yeah. right? Where'd you stay? Stratosphere. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. Why? company paid for it get them on the blower no, why sure. the, why the f- i'll get them right on the phone why the fuck would you have them make you stay sls that new sahara hotel is supposed to be okay the sol it was across the street it looked great yeah and it looked empty because there's construction going on on two sides of it yeah it's brand new it's where the old when i had to go cover nab a couple years ago i stayed at what was the old sahara yeah because there's a, a tram stop that it was in there and you could just take the train into the convention center and not have to yes. walk on the street or anything yes. but the stratosphere fucking sucks i did go to the top of the stratosphere jumped 107 yeah it was like a bar and lounge 107 <laughs> the voice of Las <laughs> Vegas. that's true um they had like a cool bar up there Mm-hmm. Um, did it spin the restaurant on like 106 spun and the bar and lounge was on 107 right above it we don't like to talk about 106 that's the fox we yeah. don't know we don't go for the fox the fox is a bunch of hacks 107 stratosphere the voice of las vegas coming up a double set <laughs> we got a double set at eddie pearl Vetter. jam all right
Harry Hogan, Harry even flow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> so it was it was a long trip. Anyways, the show ends at two. Everybody else was like, "All right, let's uh, let's let's go to the bar. Let's get some let's get some lunch. Let's, let's get, get something let's to eat." Get fucked up, man. And I was like, "We're driving. We're leaving now. We're leaving right now." <laughs> They noticed that uh, a cell phone has just been left in your place and you were just talking to them on speaker. We're, go- we're in the car. We're I'm, gone. I'm leaving. I'm at State I'm, Line. I'm leaving. I'm at State Line. <laughs> I'm stopping for a McMuffin here at, that's uh, it. at Whiskey Pete's. I'm going to the Mad Greek. I'm going to get a Giro and then I'm gone. <laughs> I'm in Prim right now. <laughs> we're already out of here. Uh, so you didn't even stay? Why? Well, I guess, yeah, Getting you want to get out of there as fast as possible. I was done. I was but done you, the day did before. You go to, did you go to America? I didn't go to America. I did go to Britney, though. Yes, you did. You I went, went to the Britney you concert. Went to the Britney concert at Caesar's Palace, right? No, at the Planet Hollywood. Oh, she's at Planet Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Celine I w- Dion, I believe, is at Caesar's Palace. Probably. I went into a lot of the hotels, and I would say that like one of them is good. One of them is nice, mm-hmm. and it was the Cosmo. Yeah. Everywhere else, I was like, this smells like cigarettes. I see in a lot of depressed and unhappy people. Well, but like all the pretty people were at Cosmo. Well, there's like Cosmo. Did you go into the Wind or the Encore? Or, no, I didn't go to either. See, of those. The ones are those are, the nice ones? The ones that Is are Caesar's the, nice? I think so. Okay. The ones that are in the center of the strip that are the most expensive are yeah. pretty nice. But then once you start getting to the tail end, and the, the Las Vegas Convention Center is kind of at the tail end. Definitely. That's when you start. It starts getting real dicey, and then like the stratosphere is like the end point of the strip. And it's I noticed just gross this over there. I don't mind staying at gross hotels either. We stayed at the Silver Sevens, formerly known as Terribles. Terribles. Yeah. And I continue to pitch Terribles as like okay no. if you just want to go. See, you guys are so fucking hoity-toity. I am both hoity and hoity. I, we yes, that's a thing that we. That it I'm going to the you, I'm, makes you endearing and also incredibly frustrating. I'm going to the time. opera on Saturday. Ugh. They're showing Hercules versus the vampires. Ooh. Do you want to? You should come. Tickets uh, are like twenty six dollars. When is it? Saturday like night. To do some. Saturday night at ten. Ten o'clock. Is that the yeah. blue show? It's yeah, it gets a little blue. It's a little dicey. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see. Um, but uh, uh overall though. We're going back to Vegas, right? We're going to hang out in Vegas? No? Never? I've had my fill. Really? I did go to the buffet at the Bellagio. Yeah. Nice. No, that's a buffet. Yeah. That was did that was to, all right. Did you go to the Hoover Dam? No. That'll always be our place, Andrew. Did you go to the Pinball Hall of Fame? No. Here's the thing. Cynics, man. I was working like all day and then all night. Yeah, working and then I, all, all night. night. I was just working the whole goddamn time, and I then get, I got I to get the hardest working man in Las Vegas. That's true. I know. It's, me it's, and Brittany. It's on your. It's I was on like, the you and me, girl. One seven point nine. We got the hardest working man in all of Las Vegas on a double rock block of any money. And then it's a picture of me with like a bunch of paperwork just <laughs> going through it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Tune in four to six. Oh jeez! Did you guys file your paperwork? <laughs> Jesus. I look, I'll have to do it. I guess I don't know. I'll I'll worry look. about. Okay, when when April fifteenth comes along, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be an issue. It's the eighteenth. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Um, 
So you went to the Bellagio buffet. That's pretty cool. It was delicious. I bet. They had a lot of good stuff. Crab legs? They had crab legs. Mm-hmm. They had prime rib. Prime rib. They had Italian. Prib. They like had prib. Yeah. Crawfish. Craw- Just a big old thing of crawfish. Yeah. Delicious. Do they have that thing where like they've sectioned off all of the ethnicities of the food? Yes. So it's like, here's the Chinese food section. Here's the Italian section. Which things that I don't think work well in a buffet. Chinese food. What? Seafood. Well, I you prop like you got to trust the buffet to not fuck you on seafood. Definitely. But Chinese food is built around buffet style. Now, I think Italian does really well. I think you put out a tray of lasagna mm-hmm. and be like, this will keep. Chinese food gets like oily and greasy if it's out for too long. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's kind of the appeal. You want to go and eat a $6 Chinese buffet and just feel real shitty. Real after. bad. It's just real, real bad. bad. You made a lot of mistakes in there. Yeah. But at the same time, no judgment. Zero judgment. Not you here, You want to take a steam tray of uh, cheese-filled wontons back to your table? Go right ahead. I don't ahead. care. That's all you. That is on you. That is your choice. Andrew, what are we talking about today? Today, Mark, on Episodic Memories, which is a podcast that you're currently listening to, where you and I talk about a television show, one episode of a television show that we have never seen before. We are talking about leverage the tnt original series leverage that's correct andrew how's the mailbag mailbag's doing great we have a letter here oh wow one michael gonzalez super fan mike super fan mike has this to say about our last episode where we talked about keeping up appearances yes he says this he says what's up fellas getting real catty Lots of good stuff in the last episode. Have to agree with Mark. Andrew wrote some of the most spot-on pages of any show that we've reviewed. Yeah. Really nailed it. Also, he had never heard uh, Mark's British accent before. <laughs> I, says, I haven't heard it either. It's <laughs> pretty amazing. It sounds like he was vacillating between John Kennedy and the <laughs> chimney sweeper from Mary Poppins. Yeah. Really powerful and a little confusing at times. Certainly, yeah. Uh, he says, in homage... To the late Grandma Russo, mm. which we've talked about in the past couple weeks. Yeah, a lot. He says, uh, I must say that the first time he ever saw the show was at his grandparents' house. I don't know if it was a big hit across the pond, but Jima and Jipa Russo were almost on the floor. Every time the show came on, it was right up their alley somehow. Good times. Rock on. Superfan Mike Gonzalez. Mike, thanks so much for writing in. Really yes. appreciate it. Thank you as ever. If you would like to comment on Mark's British accent, botbpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. But Mark, we are talking about Leverage today. Yes. Leverage, the TNT original series Leverage. What do you know about Leverage? Know that it was on. Yes, it was a television show. Uh, I knew that it had Oscar winner Timothy Hutton. Timothy Hutton. What has he won the Oscar for? Supporting actor for Ordinary People... In 1988, I think. Maybe 1990. Great. Um, Anything else? It was on TNT. That's something. He was on TNT. He was on A&E's Nero Wolf. <laughs> okay. He played... Um, now, no, what we don't... Mark, we're not playing What Do We Know About Timothy Hutton. Oh. We're playing What Do We Know <laughs> about, about Leverage. leverage. <laughs> I assume that these guys work at a factory that makes fulcrums. Yep. And... I don't know. I honestly had no idea. It was it's, like a heist show. Yeah. 
but with like an ensemble and that's all I know. That's all you knew. But I can distinctly remember him saying in like a trailer or something. We're going to have to get leverage. No, it was like, we provide leverage. <laughs> right after Franklin and Bash. And so in my mind, it was like. TNT. Be there. Yeah. Yeah. So in my mind, it was like an ensemble, but like with Ocean's Eleven, but like they helped the underdog. Yeah. So like A and E, like or A team, something like that. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you're right around there. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. So I guess the advertising did did a pretty good job in describing what the fuck the show is. I don't know if the advertising did a good job or like we're all just trained to know what these shows are based on the picture of like all five of them like walking. Yeah, we're at a point now where I can see that billboard on um Sunset. On Sunset, you know exactly the one I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> where it's always a TNT show and you just look at like li- most recently it was Librarians. Mm-hmm. And I was John Larroquette's there with a book and I'm like, all right, he's in like the first 5 minutes of each episode and the last 5 minutes of each episode. Yeah. He's given he's given the rundown of what the librarians need to find yeah. and then it's like, oh, I guess it's like National Treasure, but exactly. And there's like a guy with a crossbow and I'm like, yeah, he's like the muscle. Yeah. Yeah. It's so be, it's exactly like that. Like, I'm just trained to know what the show is by looking at a single image. Mark, let's find out what leverage is in a segment we like to call Hey, 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 what's going on here? Hey, 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 what is going on here? Mark, leverage premiered on TNT on December 7th, 2008. 2008. I'm more concerned about December 7th. Like, that's a weird time to premiere a show, isn't it? Or is that. It's a date that will live in infamy. There it is. <laughs> the premiere of Leverage. <laughs> we awoke a sleeping Leverage. <laughs> it ran for five seasons and concluded on Christmas 2012. So apparently. Merry Christmas, world. <laughs> you're on a lot of jobs, Timothy. You got no fucking job. <laughs> some fucking work. This show was created by John Rogers, who's a comic book writer and a screenwriter as well. Wrote apparently the first draft of Transformers, wrote the movie The Core, and created the television animated series The Jackie Chan Adventures. I remember Jackie Chan Adventures. Bit of a road scholar there. Just kind of got this guys all over the all map. Over the map. And uh, co-created by Chris Downey, who's a writer producer on King of Queens, Suits. And a TNT show I'd never heard of called King and Maxwell. Never heard of it. Take a guess based on the based on the title King, King and, Maxwell. and Maxwell. Go ahead and pitch out what you think King and Maxwell is about. Let's put I'll 30 say, seconds on the clock. 30 seconds on the clock, and I'll give you a hint. King is a woman and Maxwell is a man. Okay. Alright. And go. Industry insiders. Mm. King and Maxwell. King and Maxwell. Used to be, uh, okay, all right, all right, hang on. Okay. Competing construction firms. Ooh, okay. Must team up to fight their rival, a British firm mm. called the Queen's English. Okay. Uh, King is a no-nonsense, uh, in, uh, you know, no-nonsense professional woman. Mm-hmm. A lot of business suits. Maxwell is inherited his company from his dad and is kind of a reckless playboy. 
they I'd, fall in love. I'd watch that show. Okay. King and Maxwell is about two former Secret Service agents God. who open a private investigation agency. That show sounds great. <laughs> and I believe they do fall in love. Well, I'm sure they do. <laughs> oh, that show sounds good. That sounds real good. Um, Anything the, opens a private detective agency. <laughs> this is the thing. I've always gonna told love. you this. Uh, the episode that we watched for today's uh, issue is uh, season one, episode nine, entitled The Snow Job. The naming properties of uh, the show involve the blank job. Yeah. So, the snow job. This uh, episode first aired on January 27th, 2009, written by Albert Kim. What if we did that for TV shows that we worked on? What's that? Oh, just in, like... We, we we just called them, like, the heat job would be for <laughs> HK. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, written by Albert Kim, co-EP and writer on Nikita... And he's currently a co-EP on Sleepy Hollow. It was directed by Tony Bill, who's a producer of The Sting. The movie The Sting. How old is this guy? He's old. He's a producer of The Sting, and he directed throughout the 80s and 90s, uh, along with uh, uh, he, I guess, directed Harlan Country War? Harlan County War and pictures of Hollis Woods, which were like TV movies at the time. Weird. I was trying to find some something relevant but the producer of the sting directed this episode he's got to be in like his 80s when he was directing this thing uh and that's that's leverage mark all right let's jump right in we open up act one we are at the scott's residence in missouri yeah we see moving trucks it around it's a foreclosure sale and some guy is real mad about it the uh, the guy is getting kicked out of his home. Yeah, he's getting kicked out. It appears that uh, the, his house was sold right from under his nose. Yeah, by some uh, scumbag contractors. This guy, he's like, this is Mr. Scott. He's like, you know what? You know what, man? You know what? If we could just talk this out, talk this out, and the, the scumbag contractor's like, <laughs> it's my house now. And the sheriff's like, there's nothing we can do about it. It's Mr. all perfectly Scott. legal. Yeah, I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Yeah. So uh, Mr. Scott's like, okay, okay, it's cool, it's cool, no problem, let me just, and then he just punches this contractor right in the fucking mouth. So he gets himself arrested in the process. Of course. We cut to the jail, and this guy is now talking to Timothy Dutton, who, the way the scene made it it seem is that Timothy Dutton had been arrested at the same time. They were both in jail, yes. (laughs) Generally, you're not allowed, generally when you're doing like an interview in prison, they don't just let you into the cell, right? Yeah, he's just sitting in the in the cell. So either the Scott guy is having like a weird, he's like talking to somebody who's not there. Like we pulled to the wide yeah. and there's nobody sitting in his cell. Or this uh, is the drunk tank. Timothy Dutton has gotten himself popped for a DUI. <laughs> is it Dutton or Hutton? Uh, it, uh, I have a D here. Maybe it's Hutton. Okay. Um, uh, he's playing Nate Ford. Nate Ford. Name. Nate Ford. Nate, uh, the the owner of the house explains that he went to war, so he's a veteran. Yeah. He got swept up in a bunch of fishy loans and construction. He kind of got bled dry by his contractor, and then the contractor was able to buy the house. He explains that he was trying to renovate his house, so his contractor was like, take out a mortgage, right? Yeah. So then he took out the mortgage, and then the contractor did shoddy work, so that that devalued the house, Mm -hmm. but but he was slow with the work, so... He still owed him more money when he couldn't keep up with the payments. 
he took, took the house. Took out a lien, and then he bought the house at, a, at like a short sale. Right. So so he he fucked him. You you, you fucked, fucked me. me. You fucked me. No no. Oh, the you. bank fucked you. <laughs> they should end up giving him the loan. That's true. Yeah, they should have said no. Your house is fine. Yeah. So basically, they've hung all of these traits on on the Scott guy on uh, to say like, what an asshole. Not only did he take this guy's house, but he also took it from no. a veteran. They Scott is like a pure perfect soul without any problems. Yeah. And yeah. Ratzer. Yeah. Ratzinger. <laughs> Ratzenberger. Pope, Pope Benedict. Pope Ratzinger. Yeah is like the shitty contractor who's like preying on people and he's played by the guy the like nice guy from lost yes that i was trying to trying to picture who that guy was yes, but he does he does like he plays bernard i believe yeah, on lost but he just relishes in being this shitty guy uh so uh nate says all right we'll try and take care of it but nate also has this weird flashback to his kid dying on the or table yeah and he like screams and he has this weird flashback to like the nang it seems he's, like staring off and then we come back and we're still in the jail and i got the impression that like a lot of time had passed it's like mr ford so mr ford so do we have a deal nate mr ford nate no <laughs> um so Nate has some backstory in this that we're getting yes a little bit, but you know it's I'm, this I, supposedly these are all one-off episodes, and so when you get into kind of weirder backstory like this, like I'm not interested in this stuff. Well, this always happens. This this is kind of like necessary at this point for there to be this like little mystery. Yeah. On all of these shows, like I remember watching an episode of CSI LA with my mom and. For some reason, you don't know Chris O'Donnell's full name. Like, he goes by initials. Yeah. And this was a... People were, like, trying to guess it. And I was like, I don't... Oh, I get it. Like, this is the season-long Yeah. We'll find arc. out Like, we'll find name. out what his real name is. I'm supposed to care, but I don't. Yeah. So that's kind of the same thing. Like, we're not sure what happened with his kid. But this is all character stuff that's going on around the story itself, which is getting this guy's house back. Right. So uh, Nate seems to take the contract, and uh, we cut to Leverage Headquarters. Leverage HQ. There's like uh, there are these lower thirds that pop up like computer printouts. Yeah. It's like, leverage HQ, which calling yourself like the Leverage Team, I, I think we could do better it's than just that. Dumb. Uh, the Leverage Team gets a full rundown of the plan. All of Mission Impossible. Now Very we're going to find a lot of similarities between this show and Mission Impossible. Especially between the Mission Impossible we pitched out that we wanted like complications. Yes, exactly. We, we want our our heroes twists. to be on their toes and like not sure what's going on. They're playing weird characters and they have to like do a lot of backstabbing, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So they get a rundown of the plan. But uh, Nate comes in hungover. Yes. Which when I saw this, I was like, is he conning them or is our hero actually an alcoholic? And it took me, I would say like, 10 minutes to accept that he wasn't conning his own team for some reason. No, he's a drunk. He's actually an alcoholic. He's a drunk. But as he's as he's hung over and we see him wearing like sunglasses, he does like all the hungover stuff. Like I feel like it's kind of 
It's it's a little cliche. So that's why I thought that he was oh, faking because like, it's so cliche. I'm just gonna go ahead and lay down yeah. on the table it's for like, a couple the, minutes. I'm wearing sunglasses. Sunglasses, drinking coffee. And it's Give like, me coffee. Is this for real? Is he doing a bit? He's doing he's doing his he's doing his funny town drunk character. Oh, God. He's doing his Otis. Don't encourage him. <laughs> Where's Andy? So we I get, got something to tell Barney Fife. So we get introduced to the team. We do get introduced to the team. I don't remember any of their names. <laughs> uh, there's Sophie. She's British. Right. Who? She's like their actress. They have the tech guy. That's Alec. Uh, he's the one giving the rundown. They have right. the muscle. That's Elliot. He's like a shitty looking guy with a ponytail. Yes, he's got long hair and he looks like an asshole. Yeah. And then you've got like the, the weird. Thief. You got the thief who's like soulless. Yeah. Like she's Parker. She's weird. She's weird. She's the weird one. She's the weird one. And it's like, all right, I guess I get everybody. Yeah. I guess I understand you every this character. Merry band of assholes. So basically, what happened is that Henry Retzig, who is Bernard from Lost, he's the old contractor, yeah. the slimy scumbag. Has a ton of contracts around Florida, but he's also crooked as hell. Uh, Henry dicked around in the work for houses. The Scots stopped paying, and then Henry put a lien on the house, snapped it up, and then the Scots were out of money, and they're out of a house. Right. So fuck off, everyone. They uh, decide to focus their plan on Henry's sons. He's got two sons. One's name is Randy, who's a kind of a deadbeat. Um, he likes to snowboard, and he makes bad financial decisions. And then yeah. there's... Dennis, who is kind of the workhorse of the family, he's the one that keeps track of the books. He's the COO, I guess. Right. Yeah. And so they want to focus their uh, attention on Randy to see if they can somehow fuck the company out of money for screwing people over. Yeah. So we just pick up and go right to the Powder Bear Ski Resort. Uh, what's her name? Hannah? Sophie. Sophie. Do we get a sick ski montage? Uh yeah, real real fast shots of 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 the thing, but we're mo- mainly in the lodge. Yeah, because we can't afford to pay for exteriors well, in the show. We're in the lodge set. Uh, the British leverage lady, Sophie. Sophie, she plays. She's playing like a Swiss ski bunny. Yeah, and uh, she goes in, and they like have this whole complicated plan where she like walks in, drops off a book. In front of Randy. In front of Randy. Ignores the book. Randy snoops in the book, finds who dropped the book. He Googles that name. They've the tech guy. Alex, meanwhile, has hacked Google. But it's not Google. It's called like Internet Search. Yeah, it's like Internet Search, but looks exactly like Google. it's the Google Google. font for some reason. He hacks it so that he can say that Sophie's character is like a famous loser. Yeah, so he like cuts and pastes her face over Some, some like bronze medalist which leads to a, one of the Weird two cutaway one of the two jokes that i liked which is where we cut to the woman that is now that is being impersonated in this and yes. she's just she's furious like, who the fuck is this she's furious that google thinks that this is her yeah so he um uh randy is a huge fan of snowboarding and skiing and stuff like that so he's like oh oh and he, he like goes up and he starts hitting on uh on the this uh what sophie yeah, Sophie playing this character, yeah. the Swiss character. Um, follows her to the bar and starts talking. Sophie says that the lodge is looking to renovate. She's pretending to be like a co-partner. She just purchased the yeah. lodge with her partner. 
uh, and she's looking to renovate the lodge and would love to get investors involved. Uh, Nate talks to her via an earpiece saying that they need to play it cool, but Randy immediately jumps and says, hell yeah, I'll cut you a check for $500,000 right now, yeah. but I need to talk to management first. There's your act out. So there's a complication. There's the complication. They don't own the lodge, so they're going to have to fake it. Act two, Elliot comes in, long-haired dickhead. Yeah. This guy looks like such an asshole. Like, you just want to... He acts like an asshole the whole time. He acts like an asshole. Elliot comes in, and he goes to talk to the actual owner of the resort, pretending to be a renovator. He's going to, like, show him some ideas. So he's in the actual owner's office. The leverage crew fakes a ski lift malfunction, and it calls away the real owner. So then Elliot swaps his nameplate name out and puts a puts a Toblerone on the desk to prove to really sell that he's foreign. <laughs> and uh, it, now he's got he's now in the office. So when uh, Sophie shows up with with Randy, they can be like, "Oh, of course, this is my office. Look Always at my has look at my, my Toblerone." Like a, <laughs> you think I just leave a Toblerone in places that aren't my office? Randy's convinced of the idea. They, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I want to get involved." He he talks about wanting to like do like an Winter X Games music festival. Yeah, and like this would be the great place for that. He he's like, "I I will cut this check immediately." But like, I don't necessarily handle the money. Right, it's my pops that handles the so money. We'll just have to go down and meet my pops in Miami. <gasps> like, boing. Looks like we're going to Miami. Miami. And then we smash cut to fast cars. Looks like we're working in a food truck. (laughs) (laughs) So then... Daddy Guns, where have you been all my life? (laughs) So then we got next... So this is our next complication. Next complication. So now they have to... Now they have to... It's not as easy as just getting the money from dumb idiot son. They're now in... uh, They're they're now in Miami and... um, the ski bunny, Sophie. Why can't you remember? Because she goes by. She's a strong Sophie. female character. Yes, that is right. Sophie goes by Lena. Like yes. they have a bunch of. It's like Mission Impossible. It's like all I know is Peter Graves and Martin Landau. <laughs> I'm Peter Graves. I'm Peter Graves. Uh, Sophie goes and talks with Randy and Henry down in Miami. Randy wants to start something called the Winter Edge Games, and Henry, the dad, thinks, "Oh, this is great. It's a great idea. Great idea." And Randy wants, uh, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, I'll go get my checkbook. Fucking do Let me it. Just let's let's fucking do this." But that killjoy Dennis shows up. What a fucking! I just, bet this isn't the first time Dennis has showed up and just killed the fun. And they're like, "Yeah, like, here's some money. Here's we're gonna do this." And then Dennis is like, "I don't think that's financially prudent. It's just a real, just a real fucking asshole. Real, he's a real um, shower curtain rod, if you know what I mean." <laughs> the IFB that's in panty dryer. Oh. <laughs> the ifb that's in sophie's ear starts getting some fuzz in it and right can't figure out why so this, so this isn't good for us for our heroes because nate is like talking he's feeding into her lines he's feeding our lines the whole time which is strange to me because it's like you know, fuck. Why don't you just go in there and do it then? If you're just gonna, Cyrano de Bergerac, this whole fucking mess. Like, so let her do her thing. This is exactly what the, the like. This situation is exactly what is the Mission Impossible situation, where in Mission Impossible, yes, they unplugged the cord from the TV, and they were like, "Uh oh, oh shit, the cord's unplugged." So now here's a complication that they have to go and fix, and it's exactly what we talked about in Mission and Impossible. We like. In, in Mission Impossible, they don't send somebody in. It solves itself. Some PA is like, 
Oh. oh. Plugs the cord back in. Everything's fixed. Yeah. In this situation, they're like, the IFB is fucked. We need to sneak into the office and boost a... a While a they're plan- still in there. Right. Plan a tran- like a booster so we can increase, like get a better signal right. on it. So they send in the blonde girl, the, the weird one. Yeah, Parker. To go in and uh, sneak in and plan a booster. She does. Uh, she's like is in spy gear and she yeah, like, looks li- around. I like that she came prepared in like black leggings and tights and uh, but it's, like a baklava. It's and broad daylight. It's broad daylight. <laughs> it's like she didn't. She also didn't know that she was gonna have to do that. Mm. So it's like this is just what you wear. This is just your. You got an away game today. What are you doing? But she has like a death wish because she goes in like gun, like basically just full throttle, yeah. and then. As they're coming upstairs, she like just leaps out a window, hoping someone will catch her. Fortunately, someone does. Elliot does, but yeah, she didn't know that he was going to be there. She just decided to leap out a window. Crash pad. That's that's what they call the, him because that's all he's good for. Get on the pad, and he just lays there. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, while this is happening, uh, uh, Sophie is like kind of flirting with dennis saying that uh, you know she's oh, her you own seem woman. like the real power <laughs> do you come with the car oh you <laughs> the booster gets planted dennis cuts the check but he wants to warn sophie about randy's other shitty ideas and he like listen he has a, a well he has like a hope chest filled with randy's bad ideas he, right? yes yes in a in a, in a Box marked jokes, <laughs> prop oh, joke brochures. Yeah, open when sad, and it's just a bunch of brochures he's of Randy's bunch, shitty yeah, he, ideas that he's funded before. He's like hot air balloon paintballing, yeah, like liquid salad. Like there's a bunch of them in there, and uh, she doesn't seem deterred. But she's like, look, look, I'm my own woman. I'll pay. I'll, I'll just give me the fucking money. All right. Just, just, just give, give, me, me, give me the fucking give me money. Five hundred thousand dollars. All right. Just five hundred thousand dollars. Five hundred thousand dollars. Dennis then opens up by the. He's like, "Oh yeah, I like a woman that can really get, really go hardcore and spend people's money. That's great. That's what I like. Because I do that all the time. Hard to find a woman like that. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm saying? A woman that just spends your money. Am I right? Am I right? Because Sophie shopping. Hello? You be shopping. <laughs> Your type. They like to shop. <laughs> He's just waving this check around. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Give me the fucking check. She's about to take the check, but Dennis talks about the company that he's involved in, saying that he's hosed 400 houses in the process because they've decided to turn disaster relief into a growth market. Yeah. Basically, he says, oh, yeah, our company just goes in whenever there's like a hurricane or anything, and we just kind of fuck over families and uh you know take their houses and get rich you know and the best part it's all legal (laughs) he likes they make a point of this a couple of times like it's all legal and uh she's like oh you're a real fucking dickhead aren't you but uh, give me that fucking money give me that sweet sweet money meanwhile nate's in the truck and he's like sophie tear that check up and they're like what your wife Nate says now they've made it personal by saying that they've it's not just the Scott family that's been fucked over. 400 families across the United States that have been hurt like they make a big point of saying like Katrina was a real windfall for yeah. us, you know, and they're like what which, a, what a bunch of scumbags. Which for me, I would be looking at Alec, the 
guy who was given the rundown, who was like supposed to research this company and be like, so we, well, is why, this new information? How did we miss this? How, how do we miss you, that they've done this 400 times? I don't have it in front of me. You, you, you know what? You're, you're on a real fucking, fucking razor's edge right yeah. now, man. You're lucky I'm hung over. Or am I? I am. I am. <laughs> he says he doesn't want their money now. He wants to take the whole goddamn company. So right. Sophie tears up the check. But the rest of the team's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you, you fucked us. You fucked us. No. They fucked, fucked you. Us. It would have been great. would have been if we cut. Because the blonde girl is like, what if, don't tear the check off. What the fuck? And then Elliot's like, you're fucking us as a man. You're fucking us hard, man. And then what I wanted was to cut inside the house. And Sophie, and who's hearing- got the, it's just and she's just trying to play it real cool, and then Dennis, no, she's but like you can hear them from outside. So Dennis is like, "What is going on she out walks there?" Over, closes the window. No, fuck. She no, she's repeating it in a sexy voice. You're fucking dead to me. You, you piece me. of shit. You piece of shit. Are you drunk? You fucking drunk. You smell drunk. Why don't you go sit on a pole and fucking spin, you scumbag? Is there an HR department? Because I want to talk to them right now, you piece of dirt. <laughs> and and, and, uh, and Dennis is just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like a woman who right. can get right. I like a woman who seems to have multiple personality disorder. Uh, so, me, and then at the end of the act, the tech guy realizes he knows why this static has been happening in their ears is because there are police bugs in the house as well. Right. So the Retzings have are now are apparently under surveillance by the police. So now they've really complicated things. We're at the Miami Grand Hotel to the, for the top of Act 3. The Leverage crew is mad at each other because Nate's kind of fucked everything over here. And he's drinking still. Yeah, he's got a he's nursing a glass of, of like whiskey like in every scene in this show. Even while he's driving. He's driving at one point, and he's hitting it pretty hard. Uh, the police mean too many variables. Nate says they're going to go... Let's see. I'm going to back up here. So uh, this, I, I'm pretty sure this is a bit in every episode. But before that, they're like, this is getting way too complicated. We should have just taken the money and run. Because now if we're getting entangled when the police show up, like we could be on the hook for yeah. either fucking up this investigation or seeming like we're dealing with these these guys as opposed to just or or doing what they are doing which like they're doing stuff that's illegal yes they're like gonna steal money from these people yeah it's all illegal and that yeah so if anybody's on the wrong side of the law here it's leverage you know the leverage crew kind of they walk the fine (laughs) they walk a fine line yeah only king and maxwell were here to straighten (laughs) up this business this this building uh, issue can we do it king and maxwell next week that show. <laughs> sounds great nate says so nate says well i've got the perfect plan for this one and so they start rattling off like really shitty names of plans which trench warfare i feel i feel like if i were in the writer's room i would like we can beat these because they all say like oh we're going with the peanut butter and jammy or yeah. it's, you know it's like oh no the apple pie oh it's a cherry pie or something like yeah it's like a cherry- elliot makes like a shitty one up. yeah and you're just like this is a real bad if this is you're, supposed to be don't don't, don't be in the room don't be, don't be in the room when we're making there. suggestions we're doing, right? this is kind of like the, the brain trust re- meeting when we need you to lift something heavy we'll, we'll call you yeah. 
Nate says they are going with the Glen Gary Glen death, death plan. Yeah. Which again, I feel like we could beat that. Having seen the movie also, it doesn't really apply to like I guess I saw the play too. Glen Gary Glen, Glen Gross. R- right? Like Well, the name of the plan is based on Glen Gary Glen Ross. Right. Which doesn't factor into their plan at all. Like no aspect of that story it's just a bad name that's no connection but yeah but why wouldn't you do like well because he's got the leads that's the that's the connection he's got the glengarry glen he's got the he's got the he's got the he's got the leads right that's the hook but why wouldn't you go with a better pun than just saying glengarry glen death Death. glengarry glen gross or glengarry glen boss yeah that's even better yeah it's Ugh. So they're going with the Glengarry Glen death plan. Nate comes in and plays a character who's kind of this over-the-top scumbag. Right. Even bigger scumbag than Dennis. He's got to out-scumbag the scumbag. He's just, he's like, uh, you know, he's chomping gum. And he's like, yeah. I'm so, making uh, all... This is what I do. I'm making money I'm off making of dead people. I'm making all the fucking money. You know what I'm saying? See? He, he says that his company offers a payday loan of sorts to, against people's life insurance policies. Right. So... People are dying, and they're they have like a few months to live. And uh, he says they want to make the most of their time. So he give they give him an advance uh, to like oh go on a cruise or go around here or go there. But uh, when they die, they get the life insurance policy payout. Right, rather than the person's family, which is what that shit is for. Right, and uh, I don't know if you could. I don't think that's legal, right? They'd have to sign. I guess you could None sign over the sense. company over as the beneficiary. None I don't of it know. Makes sense. Uh, Nate even has a list of dying people. So this is where the right. Glen, the Glengarry Glen Ross stuff comes in. I guess he says he has a list of dying people right in his hand. So he's got these leads of people who are going to be dying, and like all of them, as soon as they die, like that's half a million dollars in their pocket. Right. Dennis says he wants independent confirmation with his own doctor. That the people on the list are actually dying. And right. He ponies up ten grand right then and there to like say that he's he's interested. They say, "Great, great, great sure, great pick stuff. a name and we'll we'll do it." So they do like a kind of like a four. What is it in card tricks where you force a pick? Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, I, I guess he he shows them this list and, and he's like, "Pick anybody." And it's like he picks probably the only one that's in Miami. Yeah. So he's like, "Oh, oh, you know, Laura, Laura." Prepon, star of that 70s show. Yeah. Patty Lupon. <laughs> Is uh, she dying? <laughs> he picks a person's name, and it turns out, oh, they're right here in Miami. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Dennis calls Randy, and uh, they have an argument, because basically the ski bunny, Lena, right. Sophie, has has Who, shif- shifted away from Randy and has become kind of Dennis's associate. So Dennis is like, "I'm the top guy now. You're the bad son. I've got all this great. I'm yeah. a great businessman." He's like trying to impress Ski Bunny by talking about like, "Daddy loves me more." Showing how much of a, you you're a big man. You gonna be you're big man? You're you a big little man? man? You gonna be big you man? Big man? What are you big man? Nate is drinking and driving and gets popped. Yeah, <laughs> a little later. cops pull him over. A cop car pulls him over, but it turns out it's not just like, you know, Officer Crumpke out, out on patrol. It's, right. it's a guy named Lieutenant Stone who jumps in the back of uh, Nate's car and warns him. He's like, if you if you mess this investigation up, I'll see to it that you hang for this, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, warns him. He's like, you better clear the way because we're coming down on the Retzigs. And every time you come into town, trouble follows. Yeah. He warns Nate to steer clear of the investigation and also slams his face into the steering wheel. Calls him a drunk. Doesn't trust him. Get out of my town. Lebowski. Yeah. I don't like your dirtbag face. <laughs> Fucking fascist. Gold bricking. Ass. Throws the mug, throws the right, mug at him. right in his face. So we. Could- but, but Nate also says something like, well, if you were coming down on me. If you're coming down on me, that means you got nothing. You got nothing. You're fishing right now. Yeah. So I'll check into your little motel. Good fucking luck. We're you cut- got style. <laughs> we, cut to, we cut to the Fayola County Hospital. The blonde girl has been cast as playing a cancer patient. Right. And they have to figure out how to make it seem like she has a brain, brain tumor. tumor. So what they figured out is, well, there's a machine next door. So if we take a there's kid- an amor- Okay, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen. Blondie is going to go in, into the, an, an MRI device. Yes. Dennis has brought on his own doctor. So his own doctor needs to check and see that this person has terminal cancer. Right. So they have to figure out how to fake that she has terminal cancer. <laughs> so we have this long convoluted thing involving like crossing the wires from like two different MRI machines. There's an MRI machine next door and so they said well if we put a cadaver and into that into one. that one and fake its brain with like fluid right when that we can scan that one that'll look like cancer and then all we have to do is put that readout on the monitor all we have the, to do is change the monitors in the in the one with the with the blonde girl right it's weird it's long it's convoluted but it eats up like 10 minutes it's a good deal because they have to like steal it to send elliot to get the body and, Some, and to... somehow he does and they're like how did you and he's like you don't want to know and basically the writers are like we don't feel like writing how we got this body well no somebody wrote a scene where he like just strangles a security guard at a morgue and then changes his body <laughs> with the one that's in the that's in the thing and he's like why didn't i just take the cop that i just killed oh oh yeah shit no, oh, well. next time. <laughs> it's not part. Of it. That's part of the cherry pie. That's, yeah. we're, we're, that's right. We're not doing the cherry we're not pie. Not doing the cherry pie. Oh, this is embarrassing. Okay, I can't tell anybody. So that's that's the plan. Top of Act Four. Dennis arrives with a character named Doctor Kwan, who gets fooled. Basically, she shows up and she's like, "Oh yeah, she's got the cancer." Well, th- this was the only good joke in the show. Was and it was an obvious joke, but it made me laugh. Was blonde girl who's the weirdo walks in and oh and dennis like, looks at dennis like, is looking at her oh, through the glass god. and he's like oh my god she can tell she's she's got those dead eyes she's got no soul behind she knows. Her eyes. she's dead <laughs> it's hilarious to me the doctor even the doctor even goes so far as to say that there's a lot of cancer there in is a brain. lot of, it's almost too big to believe yeah. she should be dead by now and this is never i i was thinking that like this was going to lead to something where like they they tip their hand too much. No, but and no. she has to pretend to die right then and there. Dennis is still skeptical, however, about the whole plan. It's like, oh, you got one person who's dying, but you don't know when she's going to die. You don't know when she's going to die. Like you don't know what ki- like what kind of investment, what kind of ROI are we going to see on this? Nate walks away and f- and bluffs a phone call saying that he that he just got confirmation that one of his list members has died in Chicago. Right. And uh, so 
It's already a payout. They already paid everything out. So Dennis is like, where's my money? And he's like, what fucking money? What fucking money? And for I don't understand how this works, but Dennis put 10 in Dennis- and gets like... A hundred grand out. Dennis put ten grand in as not as a as like not as an investor, but he was supposed to be putting it in as like an it, it, like a forward or an advance on something. I don't really get understand. This, I don't know either. But but Nate relents and he's like, okay, fine, all right, based Fuck on it. based on the rate of return, okay, it's gonna be a um, hundred thousand dollars. So he pulls out a check and cuts a hundred thousand dollars right then and there, gives it to to Dennis. And um, so then the rest of the team goes nuts. They flip out. They like that. They're t- he's taking my fucking money. But at the same time, Nate throws a fit on Dennis, saying that he wants real investors. He doesn't want these like fly by night yeah. jerk offs. So Nate leaves, and uh, the, now the leverage team is even more mad at Nate because he's now cost them. They've gone from be- they've gone from being up five hundred to down one hundred. Yes. At the hotel, the crew doesn't like how Nate is operating. Elliot's mad, saying Nate is a drunk. He reflects tries on... Tries to start a fight with him. Tries to. And then he's like, hold on, i got to tighten my ponytail. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 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 Nate reflects on a backstory that I didn't really understand. He just kind of sits there, just, just kind of... Kind of stares. Stares yeah. off into space. Act five, Dennis calls back, and he says he wants in. Nate. Uh, Nate's like, look, man doors close fuck yeah, off you had your chance fuck off you, you dickhead enjoy my money Wait. Nate, what was my plan <laughs> shit hold on i wrote this down somewhere guys bring me the paperwork on an apple pie <laughs> Wait, we're not doing an apple pie. Oh, oh no. Jesus. Why didn't anyone say anything? Elliot's doing an apple pie. He killed that guy. <laughs> that was a, that was on me. That That's was a mistake sorry. on my part. I saw he killed somebody. I thought that was the apple pie. Dennis says that he wants to offer $5 million to get in. $5 million? $5 million. Dad, so he's like, look, I've got $5 million. I'll go ahead and, and go get, I'll get it right now. I'm I gonna, just I'm have gonna, to, I'm going to get it right now. I have to move the money. And I'm going to get in. I'm going to get, get it. Get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Let me just move it and then I'll get it. Dad and Randy realize that Dennis is moving money around behind their back. And so they want to shut him out of the financial arm of the, of their company. Cause right. they feel like he's fucking around behind their backs at the bank. Uh, no. Oh, before that happens, uh, Lieutenant Stone is listening in on the bugs. And so when the dad says that they are going to move money around, he's like, all right, that's all the information we need. All let's, we need. let's close in. At the yeah. bank, Frank and Randy are moving their money. Someone smashes Frank's car window, and he leaves. Uh, Dennis and... Dennis and Nate show up in the lobby and run into Frank, who they the two of them argue and Frank admits that Randy is now the, has now the signatory power of the company, and uh, the brothers kind of fight in the lobby because they're like, "What? You're boxing me out? I'm the chosen I one. I box you, you out. You told me you were the chosen one. You were supposed to be the chosen one." So the leverage crew is like, "We're gonna okay, we're, we're done, we're here. done here. Okay, Let's, everybody, the family's flipping out because Randy somehow in the 20 minutes that's happened between the bank." And coming home, right? Randy has signed away the rights to the company somehow, right? Because he's now the sole signatory. Uh, and he somehow signed it away to um, Sophie. Yeah, yeah. He's Lena, basically, 
he's like, yeah, I went ahead and, and did my Winter Edge games. And they're like, you, you idiots. Yeah. Why, you, I uh, oughta. Yeah, I, boink. <laughs> Pounce him on the head. <laughs> yeah. You're there. You're the lady. Get cracking. The cops show up and they arrest Frank for all the offshore money transfers. And this is, I feel like this is unfair for the viewer. Because we then get a flashback showing that Nate told uh, Nate told Lieutenant Stone in the car in a scene that we didn't see. Right. That but that happened in between two scenes we did see. Right. So we were given, we were led to believe that the scene where Stone pulls him over all took place at once, but apparently there's a cut. There's like three minutes that they just cut away from for no reason. Right. So in, in between, in between stone showing up and then him getting out of the car and roughing up Nate, the two of them have a conversation where Nate, Nate says, give me three days and I'll give you something so that you can move on Frank, which I feel like this is illegal, right? This is entrapment. Everybody's doing something wrong here. Because you're going, you're essentially getting them to do something that we weren't necessarily going to do. It's not all perfectly legal. (laughs) Nate calls Dennis to rub it in, saying that the list, the Glengarry Glen death leads that he had earlier, were all the people that Dennis fucked over with his shady housing uh, scheme. House stealing, yeah. And because they own the company, they're also going to get Dennis's house. Because hmm? you know that's because they list, company property. They listed it as a business asset for like tax purposes or something. I don't know. There's some. This whole ending just it all kind of falls apart, and we're revealed a, a lot of stuff in backstory. And you're like, okay, I, whatever they want, I get it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done watching this. So I don't fully understand how. They managed to trick everybody all at once, or if it needed to be as complicated as it was. Well, that's what the that's what the cherry pie was. Cherry pie is a lot simpler. It involves yeah. the death of like a police that security officer, guard, but, but you know it's a sim- it's, it's more streamlined, it's more direct. So because what happened is at the bank when Frank's car gets smashed, he leaves and he tells Randy like just sign this just paperwork. sign the paperwork. The blonde girl, the soulless blonde girl, makes a switch at the copier. Right of the paperwork that Randy needs to sign. Randy never decides to read the contract. And so when Sophie shows up and says, let's get this deal done for this winter edge games. I hear you're in charge now. Let's make this deal happen. Subs in the paperwork to gain control of the company, which Randy never, I don't think that would hold up either. No, I don't think that like, you can't just accidentally sign sign something. And then they're like, I own your company now. I, I don't know. But whatever. It all ties up in a perfect bow. The the Dennis's get de, the no, no, the Scots get Dennis's house right as a consolation prize and everything turns out nicely, I guess. We get a final scene where Sophie threatens that she might leave in the future because Nate's still a filthy drunk. And uh she tells him give me a reason to stay. So straighten up and fly right. Yeah. And that is leverage. Is leverage. <laughs> Mark, what did we learn from Leverage? Well, I guess there were parts... I can see why the show lasted five seasons. Yeah. Uh, you've got an eclectic cast of characters that are kind of one-dimensional all around. You've got, you know, the streetwise, quick-talking boss who's also like a drunk, so he's a little conflicted. And then you've got, like, the tough guy, Elliot, who's like a real shithead, but... 
he probably knows karate, so he probably kicks somebody in the face at some point, which is cool. Well, it's the same. It's the same breakdown as, as Mission Impossible. Yes. But like, you have the brains, you have the actress, you have the muscle, you have the muscle, you have the tech guy. Tech guy. Yeah. And I guess the oddball is thief. But like that's, I'm pretty sure that's Walt, that's Martin that Landau, right? That he's also like the man of a million faces. But... Yeah, but he was never an odd, oddball. Right. Mission Impossible never had an oddball, but an oddball at this point is pretty much like par for the course. Right. Like you need, you need the wild card. You need that one that's like weird that everybody's like, oh, I like, I like her. Basically, she's, like, she's he's, quirky. He's like the, the Murdoch. Talon Mad Murdoch. Yeah. 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 Um. I'm a um, so I can see why, and it seems pretty straightforward. I've watched, you know, you watch an episode and you're like, okay, there's always like a simple plan and then complication, complication. Yeah. This is all basic stuff. It's not bad. It's not bad. The structure isn't bad. Like, it's 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 a show that you can like pop down and you can watch, and it's like, oh, it's kind of witty and it's kind of funny and it's all one-offs and. There might be a bigger arc to it, but you know, that keeps you sticking that, around. But yeah, I beyond get it. that, it's going to be, and that's part of the reason. Uh, I mean, I, I'm betting numbers had something to do with it, but the writers uh, said that they just had a real tough time by about season four, or season five, coming up with plots of new heists. Yeah, because like, you have to write a heist 22 seats, you know, 22 times for you know for every year, five years. It's, 110, 120 different reasons why, oh, the cell phone doesn't work because, oh, the complication is, oh, it turns out the door's locked. And it seems like the kind of thing where it's like page six, we have our first complication. Yes. Page 15. It's a real structure. I bet it's a real structured format. Yeah. But not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. It's a fun show. It's a fun, lighthearted show. I, I like that it wasn't as serious as something like Mission Impossible where it's just... You know, it's a real ticking clock. But it's also but it wasn't really a ticking clock. But, but it's also a very self righteous show. And that yes. like we set up right from the start. We're like, this is about predatory loner loans. They always have to it seems like they always have to pick an enemy that's like, there's a reason we're gonna take these guys down. Yeah. Which in like in like Mission Impossible, they were always fucking communists. Yeah, it was always the Russians. Yeah. So or drug dealers. Like it was one of the two. And do you think that they take down drug dealers in the show? Probably. They steal drug money? <laughs> we're, we're not taking just the drug money. We're taking, we're taking the whole drugs. fucking operation. <laughs> they by the end of the by the end of the run, they own like a cocaine farm and <laughs> they're yeah. just drug lords in, in uh, Colombia. Very strange show. Well, so Mark, then uh, uh, you know what I'll say? B plus. Like, not bad. Yeah. Not like the best not show great. we've ever seen, but you know, whatever. Probably the best thing on TNT. Probably. Franklin and Bash is probably up there. I'm, I'm going to say Franklin and Bash is probably number one. So, Andrew, we are now tasked. We're with... now tasked with, after talking about pretty positively about leverage, we're going to try and attempt to do our own write episode. Our own next episode of Leverage in a segment we call, Well, You, you fucking, fucking Do, do it. it. Mark, I didn't write i did i leveraged my pages against <laughs> against me not buying yeah. not, <laughs> not writing the pages okay so we have uh mark's script here uh what uh, who do you want me to play and in, in what okay in, you could be where how you could be sophie sophie 
and Alec. Yes. And I will be scene directions, Nate. Sophie and Alec. Yes. And Elliot. So I'm scene directions. Elliot and Nate. Elliot and Nate. Okay. Okay. Interior, Leverage HQ. Nate is looking over documents with diamond sharp focus. This is some heavy shit he's looking at. The rest of the team coolly enters. So then I told him, Joe, baby, you put the vice in vice president. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If Diamond Joe had said something like that to me at the State of the Union, I would have snapped his neck before the Secret Service knew what hit him. What makes you think he would have propositioned you in the first place? I'm just saying. Saying what? You're not making any sense. Elliot gets in Alec's face all menacing like, menacingly like, You want to see something make sense? How is that even a threat? It's not a threat. It's a promise. That doesn't make any sense either. Nate slams his fist on the table. Enough! Jesus Christ, can't you people see I'm working? What's the score, Nate? I bet it's those insurance guys who are making the greatest generation cash out their retirements. Or those creditors going after the elderly. Or those old people who aren't paying back all those banks they owe money to. We're gonna get to those guys eventually. I'm still trying to figure out the payroll for Ratzing's company. Did you know this company has over 200 employees and a shit ton of 1099 freelancers? Ratzing? Yeah, the company we own now? Everybody stares, completely confused. The snow job? The team looks at each other. Has Nate been drinking again? For fuck's sake, people, it was yesterday. We took over controlling interests in that company, and now we're responsible for the employees? Oh, that's how I know that name. Oh, right. I thought we were just going to sell it off. To whom? Nobody wants this company after the CEO got arrested. We just helped 400 families, and now we're supposed to lay off 200 people? How is that right? Ring, ring. Nate's phone rings. He picks up without looking at the caller ID. Hello? Wayne! Ah, yes, Mr. Scott. How's that house working out for you? What's that? Property taxes? Yeah, I I guess you would be responsible. Well, what if you sell the house? It would just barely cover the taxes, huh? Then you'd still be homeless. Yeah, right. Well, shit, Wayne, you came to me. Sorry I don't have a magic wand to leverage everything wrong with your life. Team slowly walks out of the room while Nate yells into the phone. Yeah, I guess that there's would a, happen. There's a string that they never tie up where, like, they take over the company, and it's like, okay, now you have the company. Like, how do you run a company just, and leverage? Write it off. Oh, yeah. You just write it off. That's right. Good pages, Mark. Thank you. I will say, though, that's going to do it for this episode of Episodic Memories. Yes, if you it will. If you'd like to comment, you can always do that by emailing us at botbpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a message on our Facebook page. You can leave a message at theflickeringbox.wordpress.com. Or you can call us directly. Just go ahead and get us on the blower. You got my number. Yeah, just call me up. Hit me on my cell. Um, it's, I'm listed. You know, just no. go ahead and just look it up. Mark, anything else? Uh, for your satisfaction, any calls to Best of the Best will be recorded. Monitored for uh, evaluation purposes. Yeah. I will say right now, I've been getting really high marks, really strong marks on, you know, helping people. 
coming up with witty things to say. Yeah. I've been getting high marks on just having the shortest phone calls. <laughs> Who's this? Yeah, no. What do you want? No. He's not here. Goodbye. So, look forward to that. Oh, what the fuck are you doing? I need help. <laughs> no. Bye. No, he just doesn't live. No, he doesn't live here. Goodbye.